Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Right, here we go. It is caucus number 12, two days out from election 17, and it is about quarter to 10 on Thursday morning. Welcome to caucus. I'm Tim Watkin. And I'm Lisa Owen. And I'm Guy and Espiner. Good grief, we're nearly there. And I, we all just came into the studio, we sloped we're into not, the studio. You know, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to die wondering, are we? And I think, you know, we've, we've hosted the debates, we've asked the questions, we've done the interviews, another leader's debate mm. last night. Yes. They're always a bit different, aren't they, the, the third and final debate. I remember hosting that one myself at TVNZ, where you've done the first one, it's standing up and it's combative, and then you do the last one, it's a couple of days before the election, and you're sitting down, no audience, a very different environment. Uh, to do the debate in. So is the sitting down no audience a, a standard thing? Yeah, for it is debates? for TVNZ. Right. Yeah, TVNZ, right. it is that's, where, that, that's, that's what, I don't know, there's some things have their conventions around yeah. it, and TVNZ's <laughs> it's always, a constitutional convention always, always done it that way. <laughs> yeah. And I think the idea is that, yeah, it's more intimate, it's, uh, you know, it's the sort of the calm before the storm yeah. at this point, and so it does give you a, a different atmosphere, but I, I thought... Calm got... or lacklustre? Because well, yeah. I sort of feel like both leaders were limping to the finish line a little bit there. And, and you the, would be, wouldn't you'd you? You'd be knackered, you would wouldn't be. you? Um, and so, you've got, and to be fair to Jacinda Ardern, you've got a grief in the family too that she's yeah, dealing with. Absolutely. So yes, it felt heavy, didn't it, like that? It, it did. And I also felt that you've heard you've heard the lines before. Mm. You could have almost written down the answers before yep. they opened their mouths in some way. I think there were a couple of moments there. Um, I have to say, I think that Jacinda Ardern um, looked a little bit on the back foot in the first break. It was defence, defence, defence. Yeah. And it's really hard to look like the future Prime Minister when you're just defending your policy. Well, and she and actually the, conceded, let's play the grab, because she conceded mm. in that first grab that um, the negative campaigning had actually hurt her party. Look, I acknowledge that Bill and his team have stoked up a debate on tax, particularly on income tax, which I have to say I found profoundly unfair given no one under Labor will pay more tax than they're paying today under Labor. No but, one. But, but, effective, no one. but effective nevertheless. Oh, look, there's no doubt the negative campaign from National probably has had a bit of an effect. That's oh. not going to change the way I campaign. Profoundly unfair, I kind of think, stood out there. It was sort of like, you know... Thumbing your bottom lip, it was a bit sucky, bubbery. I thought it, it kind of <laughs> came. I'm kind of with you. You know, I'm kind of with you on this. I mean, I, I think that political parties are going to cast their opponents' policies in the worst possible light and all do it. You know, that is the contest of ideas, and you can come back and say, yes, we will be uh, increasing taxes a little bit on some people, and they are to pay for the things that we care about. Be passionate. Try to win that argument. And to say that it's only National who tries to cast Labour's policies in a poor light is to be very naive. I've said it before on this uh, caucus podcast that Labour have been saying that National has been cutting health spending, and anyone's real translation of that, that is not really the way 
way that we, an ordinary person, would see it. And it's the same on tax. They've yeah, come out many times and said that their tax cuts are the rich, when in fact anyone earning over $52,000 gets $1,060 a year mm. on these tax cuts, yep. right? If anyone's prepared to say 52 k is rich, well, good luck to that. Now, I don't blame Labor for doing that. They are saying, here are the way the numbers slice up, and this is where you guys are vulnerable, so I'm going to smash into you on it. Well, mm. fair enough. Now, I agree, the fiscal hole was outside those parameters, in it my was. view, and yeah. we smashed them on it. We did. But to say that it's not fair for National to target them on tax, especially when it's Jacinda Ardern who has allowed that situation and those uncertainties to play because of the tax working group situation, which she has had to U-turn on, well, them's the breaks. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I think the fiscal hole argument is a, is a separate one, and mm. that there was, the, you know, the, the, there is a reasonable argument to then say they should be ashamed of that. That was that was dirty tactics, um, and it didn't do them any credit. I but think... but the other stuff, you're right. The Labor has said health cuts. They were that was projected spending that was changed. National says tax says um, tax increases. That is projected spending that will change. They're pretty similar, um, and so you really have to have one or the other. But you can't I, have I both. I think I think the the thing that was her, created her worst moment was the thing that actually gave her one of her best moments as well. Mm. So talking about the tax, I thought she was on the back foot there. But when she actually sort of reared up and said to Bill English, you know, I've I've um, thought you were good at your job as, as um, finance minister. I thought you kind of know your stuff, yet you were saying this. That's kind of like saying, hey, you're good with a calculator, so... You kind of made a mistake yeah, here. Yeah, it was damning it, with faint praise, it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it must be an all-out <laughs> porky. We've got, that, we've, got, we've got that clip, and go and come back in after this. I have been out on the road saying that I've thought that you've been a competent finance minister, but for you to sit here today and continue that line of attack when it's patently untrue uh, is, is deliberately misleading. No, I stand and by. And it's a real disservice to New no, Zealanders, I, stand by. I have to say. It is a problem for Labor because it uncovered a major hole in their budget and that the questions have never been answered. I cannot but there's a very believe, simple question. I why? cannot believe two days out from an election you continue to mislead people like that. Yeah, so she she played to the I'm um, the person with integrity and I thought you were too. Mm. So it was yes. quite powerful. I'll tell you another powerful moment for me uh, with Jacinda Ardern was when Bill English said that because the books were good now, we could now afford to do something about poverty, which if you flip that around kind of means that, you know, we rode on the backs of the poor to get the books into shape, really. Yes, and, yes. and Jacinda Ardern said we could never afford poverty. Mm. And I mm. thought that was pretty strong uh, for her. So she did have some moments. She did, but all of those moments, I think what you are picking up on earlier, was that they weren't rammed home, were they? Mm. they were, there were moments there, but... But the same point with the, with the tax cuts, and it's been happening outside of the debate. They've been on the back foot, been the defensive ones, trying to explain the way out of it, rather than winning that argument and saying, you know, having that clear message. Okay, yep, there's a thousand bucks a week floating around out there, but but if you give that thousand bucks right. back, you, you're not going to get your, your hospital yeah. unclogged. That's what Labor's you're not always gonna get been your water about. I mean, La- Labor's you're not going to get been... your winter election. You know, your That's water right. water heating payment. I mean, you know, Labor has not. I don't think if you went on the streets, people would go, oh yeah, tax cuts. And Labor's not mm. sure about tax, but they wouldn't immediately say, when was the last time you heard Jacinda Ardern talk about free tertiary education? That's one of yeah. the absolute planks, mm. and I've hardly heard and it so for the you past left 10 days. With this, you left with a slightly muddle with Labor, aren't you? Because they've been saying that I'm not going to wait around to the future years to deal with the housing crisis. We need urgent action. And then when coming under pressure on this tax, saying, 
well, we're going to wait a bit longer and we'll push this out for touch. So I think their phrase was, we're going to balance urgency and certainty. Mm. But what are you left with? Are you left with, um, we're going to be courageous and tax those rich people a bit more to afford the things that we really need in this society, which is what the Labour message has been, was under Helen Clark when they came Mm. in, said we are going to raise taxes on the wealthy in New Zealand just to pay for the things that we all need. You're sort of left with them trying to have it a bit always on on that. They they could have just said, they could have said, okay, they could have taken the listen line and and changed and said, yep, well, we've listened and learned. But in, in instead of still fudging around the tax stuff, they just could have said, Okay, so in that three years instead, we're going to get on with our foreign buyers register. We're going to build twenty thousand houses. We're going to um, get the housing affordable housing authority up. You know, I mean, but they haven't stressed their yeah. positive. It have was they? their it was their weak spot. It was damage control, pure yeah. and simple. And they haven't and got they the clear couldn't, message out. They couldn't even dress it up as anything else. Um, they tried to with those phrases that we've talked about, which seem to be um, used every single time it was discussed. Like oh, we've listened to the people. Mm. I'm not going to. I'm not going to step back from listening to the people. She kept saying words along that line, but it was damage control, pure and simple. It was, and um, it was tough. It was the mirror image, really, of the first TD1 debate when Bill English had 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 a kick in the guts with the poll just before they went to where. This time, it was Jacinda Ardern's time for that with the Colmar Brunton flipping around uh, dramatically and showing Labour well behind National. Mm. But I guess, Lisa, you were pointing out before we uh, walked into caucus this morning that um, it kind of falls into line with with the TV3 polling. Yeah, so. it it does because yeah. So Colmar's got Nats on forty six percent, and the last News Hub poll was forty seven point three percent. Labor in the Colmar, the latest Colmar, uh, Labor's thirty seven, and in the News Hub Read Research, it was thirty seven point eight. So it's kind of bringing them in line. But on that point, that that I think would have been the first time she had gone into one of those big live situations with that kind of crappy piece of news handed yeah, yeah. to her. Hey, look, you've, you've yeah, we you've haven't seen. We've, we've, we've all put her under pressure in doing yes. our jobs um, a little bit, but um, she it's hasn't a had different. a big knock, has she? Yeah, it's a and bit different when you get that big mm, knock. Just, I mean, they resilience were, is a, what a we're couple of about, hours before you go into what is the last big face-off mm. with your major competitor and to be able to manage that and still come out on top is um, an interesting dynamic and you saw Bill English who was slammed a couple of times in the debates bounce back quite well. And in fact that was the phrase he used wasn't it? I got up. Yeah I got (laughs) up. That was the one he used with Paddy Gower and that was actually one of his I would argue shining moments Mm. in that debate. He seemed human, he seemed like he had personality Well it plays to the narrative of Bill doesn't it? This this is Bill the rock and he's you know he'd get back, back up. And, and in amongst what's been a, you know, I, I would argue a, a pretty distasteful at times negative campaign by National Bill English has shown, hasn't he? Um, he's he's he has really been quite, um, he's been competent. It's that relentless competence. Let's come back to that um, bef- bef- before we leave it. I just want to concentrate on the polls yeah, for yeah, a yeah. little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So you add the Greens in though to that mix and as Lisa says the TV1 and TV3 polls coming into line it look, we'll, we'll see again from tonight because I think three's going again tonight. Yep. Last but one, it, yeah. But if you add um, yeah, Greens are, to, right. to that block then it really is neck and neck uh, Labour Green versus National, right? Is that yeah. is that the takeaway effectively? Look, this is this is the thing. The the, the 
if, if there is a trend from a couple of polls, and this is always the problem, right, because we, as we've talked about on caucus, we have so few polls, it's hard to pick mm, trends. Yeah. But if there is a trend in this, it's that National seems to have bounced back from the initial Jacinder effect um, and does seem to have a lead. I, I wouldn't put any money on how big that lead is. So shall we talk scenarios on the night? Well, this is the yeah, yeah. (laughs) our caucus. We can imagine that this is our caucus meeting in which we start to start to actually talk about coalition. And just before we line up, just before we line up the pieces on the chessboard, the one thing that I should point out is the Greens is the only party in these two polls where they aren't starting to fall into um, alignment. So New Zealand first in the Colma on five percent, New Zealand first um, on six percent in the News Hub poll. But the Greens, there's still a big gap between those two polls. Greens in the Colma, 8%. Greens below the danger zone in the News Hub poll at 4.9. So that is the one party that is still, there's a significant gap in how the two polls are presenting them, which, when you start moving the pieces around on the chessboard, makes a big difference. It sure does. And it was one of the most fascinating things for me about that poll last night was who would have thought two, three weeks ago that the Greens would be back ahead of New Zealand first. That, That seems... Um, quite quite remarkable, but yeah, let's let's look at some scenarios. Yeah. Um, if we were a caucus about to start negotiating, because this is where it gets interesting next week, um, you know, who knows? There could be a um, <laughs> amongst the scenarios are no negotiations yeah. and one or two well, parties, you know, just very simply forming government. But probably there are negotiations starting. Next yeah, week. well, that's yeah. right. I think you, uh, possibly the most useful position to start is. The likelihood that National will be the largest party. Now, before the um, diehards of FPP congratulate me or the MMP (laughs) advocates cascade me, I think it still matters. And it's interesting how much our leaders think it matters too. Winston Peters believes there's a constitutional convention about the largest party having first crack. Jacinda Ardern said to me in an interview I did with her that there's a public expectation that the largest party starts formation. And Bill English, and I think challenging actual uh, constitutional <laughs> law last night, seemed to claim that the incumbent government had some sort of in with the Governor-General. This so was, I, 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 that I, was pretty interesting listening to that, especially since so the interviews I. that Tim and I have done with the Ninth Floor about mm. how this stuff works. I, I, can I just very briefly, because I, I, that really stuck in my craw last night with, with Bill English saying that as the incumbent and the largest party, he would have some kind of first I right thought, to have a crack. Yeah. That's just utterly unconstitutionally it's just utterly untrue. wrong. It's just wrong. Utterly wrong, and I thought that was pretty extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, what you need to do is go to the Governor-General and prove that you have a majority. That's right. That's what you need to do. And Bob and his toy truck can do that if he can get yeah. it. Yeah. If he can it get it, it doesn't matter who yeah, you the are. The fact that you won last time, <laughs> I mean, it might work in beach cricket, but I can't remember the rules, but it, <laughs> it's not the way it works when you go to the Governor-General. He was but, just calling dibs, I think, yeah, calling the moment. Dibs. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was going for the position as 19th of the law. But anyway, look, there's a fairly good chance if these polls are right, and that is a bit of a big if, that that National is going to be the largest party, yep. maybe even only by a few points. That probably helps them um, with New Zealand first because they've been making noises in that direction, but it doesn't give them that many other advantages over that, really, does it? If that no. Labour-Green block is within Kiwi of them, then um, they could have dibs on a government too, possibly even with the Māori Party. I think there are two big outlying scenarios um, that you need to keep in mind and they're possible and both could happen at the same time. That is the Greens pitching under five, possible, and New Zealand first pitching under five and Peter's losing Northland. Now, on an extraordinary night, both of those things could happen. Now, at that point, a 44% 
um, sort of you know result for national gets them pretty close to the line once you deal with that wasted vote. That would be so, eight nine percent wasted vote yep, potentially, and with top as well, you could yeah, have 11%, 10, you yeah. could have ten yeah. percent wasted vote. So look, I'm not going to predict any of these scenarios. We no, can't. No, we are no. just, we're we're honest just with people. laying them out. We do them not out have an, we, we we cannot predict that. But if that's just the case, the implications are probably profound. National and and act are probably in quite a strong point. Yes, um, and at that on point, own. the Māori Party reluctantly. Would probably stays go at the table. stays at the table, the table. Yeah. even though I don't think that they want to go there. So no. look, they are some of the outlying. Yeah, scenarios. That, so those those are two teams out, right? So you've called a scenario where there's two teams out: the Greens and um, Winston Peters, and aka New Zealand yeah. First. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in in an extreme, I think probably. A more interesting dynamic would be if the Greens make it over the line, but New Zealand First does not, because that leaves one team with a whole lot um, less options on, I agree. on, on that the makes table. It's very it hard for National. Right? I think that's a Labour Green government under under that scenario, and that is well, it, possible too. National would have to be National would have to be forty six, forty seven. They won't get there. I don't yes. think. If and if with New Zealand first falling out, otherwise you're right. The the National National let, let, let's say it this way: National's path to power mm. um, probably lies through Winston. Yes. It would be very. They have or to govern get, alone. The govern alone govern either is, is wasted vote or yes. that's forty six, forty seven. Right. And and to be frank, Gov- if any government gets forty six or forty seven percent in the fourth term, yeah, they deserve. You know, <laughs> they've done amazingly, yeah. amazingly. Govern so, alone with an insurance policy. Yeah. So yes. Sign up the with your act and your Māori party. party. Or, yeah. 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 Left. But but that, but the, yeah, no New Zealand first. Hard for national. Absolutely, um, and so equally um, both. The red and the blue team have a real credible prospect of of, of forming government, and you just yeah. you aren't really going to know because it could come down to you know a, f- a few tens of thousands of votes, so especially if one of exactly. those parties that we've talked about is close to that five percent. Well, let's threshold. switch that around. What if New Zealand First makes it in, even if it's just through Northland, um, and the Greens fall out? Well, it still means that Labour has more options, arguably more options, because as discussed before, if New Zealand First drops out, then National's got some real issues unless they return some big numbers. So if we believe that Winston Peters can go with either Mm. side, then they're still left with that option. Um, But obviously there's a lot of sticking points there in terms of policies. And one that's just arisen in the last 24 hours is I will not tax farmers for water, Winston Peters comes out and says. And Jacinda Ardern has said that's one thing she kind of stood her ground on last night was... um, this is our policy. This is a priority. This yep. is what we're doing. So, I mean, that's only naming one thing. I thought Winston Peters didn't have any bottom lines. <laughs> <laughs> that was last week. <laughs> Not so much. Depends well, what the studio um, you're in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But so, you know, that's look. That's a good point on the um, on the policy stuff. There's also the coalition partner bottom lines that come into this. I mean, and this is another sticking point around that. Mm. Can New Zealand First go into a government with? Act or the Māori Party. Ooh, that, yeah. Okay. And let, let's. Um, the Māori Party is an interesting one because Winston, the last election, ruled them out. 
hasn't done that the selection. Same, but you've ruled the Greens out last week. <laughs> yeah. So but the yes. Māori Party has expressed very strong views about, so tell us Win- about that. Winston Peters. So Te Uruo Flavel on The Nation um, just this weekend gone said that he would be really uncomfortable sitting at the table with Winston Peters because of Winston's policy around the Māori seats. Like Winston would like to see those shuffled off into the sunset and is saying that one of his bottom lines is that he would require a, a referendum on that. Um, Marama Fox said in one of the minor party debates that that would also be a sticking point for them and both have described Winston's policies as divisive and Te Uruo most strongly saying that, that it goes it flies in the face of everything that the Māori party is aiming for Winston mm. flies in the face of that so they've been very strong on that we've heard less from Winston Peters this mm. time round about what he thinks of the Māori party but he's thrown around words like separatist policy before yes. and race based party race based yeah. party and, and, and we know from past experience that predicting what these parties are going to do and which of their bottom lines are going to go back in is uh, on yeah. is very very difficult what should voters be looking out for now though people are going to be arranging their their parties and they're going to be deciding <laughs> where they're going to watch the the, the debate on the night and, and where they're going to be. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the kinds of things to look out for because one of the big things that is changing this time is the growth in advance voting. Yep. I checked this morning, we were closing in on 700,000 advance votes uh, and we know that they can be counted from 9am on the election day itself and so that we are earlier than um, we have seen in previous elections, going to get a big dump of data uh, that is going to be relatively close, with some caveats that I think you might want to talk about, Lisa, of where it's going to be. I know that the 2014 advance votes were very close uh, to where the final numbers came out. So in some ways, while it might be... It might be a big night. It might not necessarily be a long night. So what you're saying is we're going to get an early indication with the bigger parties because in past years, the numbers of those um, er early votes counted are pretty reflective of the final result. The the big caveat there is just everything we've just discussed, Mm. the smaller fish, the mice, as you like to call them, you know, the elephants are the big parties, the mice usually get crushed. So um, those small parties are going to make a big difference. And if parties come very close to the line and if these polls are right and let's say the Greens are hovering around 4.9% every vote's going to count and that means while you might get an indication of the big parties early in the night you might be sitting there at 12 o'clock with your popcorn and caffeine waiting yeah. to know it, if if XYZ party absolutely. gets and, over the line and the specials which are different again yes. remember the special the yeah. advance votes are counted um, and, and you don't have to wait for those, but you do have to wait for the special votes, and they include people who enrol and vote on the same day because they've got yes. to go back and check those, right. as well as the people who, who vote from overseas and the traditional specials. Now, there were 300,000 of those cast in 2014. I expect that number to grow a, a little bit this time, and I imagine under the scenario that Lisa's um, painted there, if, let's say the Greens are 4.78 or 4.81 or whatever it is, I don't think we can be having any coalition negotiations until those specials are counted. I think we have to just, you know, have, have a time and we'll go and sit on the timeout mat for a while. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Greens do typically pick up they on the do. specials. I mean, not typically, actually, every single MP yes. yeah. election they've gone up under the specials. Um, New Zealand First usually does better on the night than it has in the polls. So, um, uh, and. 
So you've got both of those variables just to yeah. consider. And also, um, one of the ones that I'm going to be watching is the Māori Party, because I think mm, this yes. is going to be an interesting scenario where where they could end up being the deciding, um, the, the party that decides who makes up the next government. Because you have Te Ururo Flavel, who is um, polling well in his seat and expected to return it, but... Marama Fox, who's in um, Ikaroa Rafati, the polls show that she is not necessarily going to win that seat. She's going no. to be relying on on party vote. And if the Māori Party brings in another candidate, Howie Tamati, who is mm. um, looking like he might get there, we don't know. They could mm. get two electorates and then they will be relying on getting a little bit extra in the party vote to drag a third person in. And the difference between two and three in terms of your influence could be significant. And just think that that may well go Labour's way this time. I mean, I heard um, Shane Taurima uh, on Radio Watia this week saying he would find it extremely difficult. That, that might be slightly harder. He think he said he would be reluctant or something to that effect. Um, about going in and supporting National again. And you really do feel um, from their comments and yeah. from where their base is coming from... Well, step back and do the big politics of it. How mm. hard would it be for National, for, for the Māori Party to go into a fourth term with very four difficult. times in a row with the National Party when very the, difficult. most of their party vote goes to Labour? I, I think that's quite an interesting scenario mm. because I think you're getting two messages from the... Mm. Two, two leaders. leaders. Yes. So uh, I sort of uh, think if you listen to Te Uruo Flavel, who's continued to use the language of um, Labour throwing Māori under the bus frequently, whereas Marama <clears throat> Fox has... Um, quite openly, really, hasn't she? Yeah, quite openly. It has used gentler language in terms of Labour. But the interesting thing is in one of the um, most recent minor party debates, she was asked about forming a, a left coalition. And her immediate go-to place was... We'd love to line up with the Greens. Yeah, you know that yeah, was yeah. the first thing out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah. Not not the red team. No, we'll, we'll go with the green team. And, and let's just because that scenario that that let's paint this out. If you've got because I did this in the calculator just before we came in. If you've yeah. got National around forty three and Nash, and and Labor around thirty nine and the Greens around six or seven, then. Um, yeah, Māori Party can be. Absolutely. Māori Party can probably be looking at the Green mm. um, government with Māori, and uh, so maybe Māori minister or, somewhere. Or if they decided to go with National yeah. Act, they would they could get them over. But yeah. that's the the political punishment of Māori Party choosing National Act over Labour and Greens mm. is hard to be pretty severe. Fathom, really, yeah. You talked before, and should we should we round this out with some of our highlights um, and lowlights, mm. possibly over the campaign? I just want to pick up on something you said when we touched on this earlier, Tim. Um, Bill English, he surprised me on the upside mm. uh, campaigning this time. I, I did not think he would do as well as he has on the debates. I didn't think he would do as well at the shopping mall. You know, because a lot he's of elections... with kids, though. Yeah, elections are <laughs> fought at the shopping mall on the campaign yeah. trail. And he's, you know, to, to, to be credit, uh, to give credit to him, he's been a better campaigner than, than I thought. He's had moments where we see the stuck-in-the-mud Bill English where he's, he's struggling for air, <laughs> but he's done all right. Yeah, I think um, in terms of surprises, I mean, there were a lot of surprises, bigger picture surprises, you know, leaders coming and going. God, it was like a revolving door for a <laughs> while there. Yeah. And we can talk about that a bit. But um, if if I'm talking about true surprises, things that truly surprised me during the campaign, um, there's probably only two of those for me, which was Bill mm. English blurting out this poverty target. 
you know, after yes. nine years, that was actually a surprise. Yeah. I was as a surprise was, to his caucus as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was genuinely surprised by that. Yes. And then also that same night, I was surprised by Jacinda Ardern's directness on certain slightly controversial oh, issues. No. Abortion. Abortion, retaliation against Australia. Oh, yeah. And also her saying that she could get through politics without and being lying. Prime Minister without lying. How long would you give her? Well, <laughs> Gone before lunchtime. Those, those were two genuine surprises I, I for know, me. Great, but but in terms of other things, you know, the handbook of campaigning, you know, doubling down on... Um, the fiscal hole, mm. all the rest of it were things that you would expect, not necessarily in that package or about that yeah. thing. Which makes it amazing, isn't it? I mean, as you say, you well, wow, how surprising. Labor, um, yep. National attacks Labor's economic credibility. <laughs> yeah, yes. you, you couldn't know, see that coming. Exactly. And, um, yet, and yet they didn't. And yet Labour walked right into that. I know. That's, that's still, yeah, it's still, I mean, in terms of surprising, surprise. one of the staggeringly yeah. inept yeah. things of the campaign. And I would say also that Jacinda Ardern largely has campaigned bloody well. I mean, this is someone who was thrust into the Labour leadership job just a few weeks. I mean, I talked to very credible political journalists at the, on that day who said, oh, it's too late, it's too late, they can't yeah, possibly yeah. make the change. She did it, and she did damn well, largely. Yeah. Um, that was her big mistake, and probably just about one of her only mistakes, and I think it was a, a genuinely uh, big mistake. She has largely been true to her word on being relentlessly positive. Yep. She's she's been reluctant to, to criticise, to get personal, when that is often a very attra- attractive option. And, you know, she's footed it with Bill English. Remember, he's been around since 1990. He knows all <laughs> the budget true. numbers backwards. Yeah. She has done very, very well as well. I think we've been well served, in my view, by both of those leaders. I'm going to be slightly more negative. <laughs> having okay, criticised the negativity of the campaign, I'm going to go all negative now. Um, I, I, I thought fa- we were giving our highlights. That's oh, why no, I said that. Sorry. It's felt a slightly flat-footed campaign for me. I think English has campaigned better than expected, but the negativity from, from National has been, I, I just find it personally really frustrating. It just despairs me mm. a little bit, um, and but it's it's worked. It actually has you know we've talked about tax probably more than anything else, mm. um, and in that regard, I think that's where Ardern hasn't campaigned well. But she's actually you, let what? them own the conversation, and she yeah. she's got a bunch of policies there which she should have been pivoting to at every opportunity. And as I say, she hasn't just kept going back to housing and tertiary education yeah. and health. Well, she hit a bit of a wall, didn't she? she? She just yeah. kept hitting that wall. Well, she did, but it was only it's only really ten. Da- I know it was Constantina's <laughs> up, doesn't yeah, it? So yeah. it yes. feels like, but but it was only about ten days ago they actually hit the wall. Yeah, well, for me, I've done a few of these head-to-head debates um, on policy topics like corrections. We've had the two main parties together, social welfare, finance. And I suppose the thing from that, the takeaway for me, was I was astounded by the the lack of kind of innovation and policy Mm. from a team that has had nine years to work out Mm. where they're going to go with this. And so from Labour, I had expected some bigger hits in those areas. They didn't come. Their... Um, their strategy was to attack the other team well, for their right. failures. And this is where we come back, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a little less <laughs> offended by a policy attacks than, than, yep. than you are, Tim. And I think Labour, again, have opened that up because they gave so much detail in 2014 and 2011 and they got tripped up on their own detail. We yes. all remember. Yeah, Show me the money. money. <laughs> if my house was in a trust, would I pay uh, yeah. capital gains tax on it? All that sort of stuff. And so they thought, right, well, this time we're going to give broad brush strokes and we're going to leave the big things to our climate commission, to our tax working group, and we'll sort it all out afterwards. Don't you worry too mm, much about mm. it. And I think that it's at that point when the vagueness becomes 
an opportunity for your opponents to start telling scary stories about what you might do. So yes. I think, you know, um, in some ways it's a double-edged sword. They thought that they could placate the electorate by saying, oh, well, we'll, we'll deal yeah. with that devil uh, in the detail a bit later. And then National flicking the sword around and saying, oh, that means they could do everything under the sun. Yes. Cue the tax ads with a guy with his hand in your pocket, his hand on your land, his hand on your capital gains tax, <laughs> his hand on your beer, and taxing your farts. And yeah, it's base. It's, 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 you know, it's pretty brutal, pretty crude. Yeah. But, it's, but, but, you know, this yeah. is the... Con- it's utterly predictable it, when yeah. they've... And, and is and, it the contest of policies? Well, yeah. there's, there's maybe. two things... Maybe. maybe. There's two things in that. The, the leaving the door open to everything, that the boogeyman that you can't quite identify. <laughs> yes. But the other thing for me in that is leadership is about decision-making, isn't it? And that's about subcontracting out I know. core decisions. I so that yep. is another um, area that you could be attacked. But, but the attack you know, went on to the boogeyman and, and we side. haven't, but, but, but then, you know, you can argue the same with National on Water, right? They've done yeah. exactly the same thing on water, yes. and, and, National, and Labor hasn't been able to leverage that in the same way and say, look, National set up a commission on a working group They've on water to. and picked it through to the next election. Yeah, and same, and here's, the other, same thing. here's the other same guy thing. that we've been completely wrong about. And we call him the great campaigner. Yeah. And, you know, he has been. But but you could also say he's lost, you know, two-thirds of his vote. I mean, there were polls showing him at 15%. We were having credible conversations about, you know, outlying conversations about he could be, in some strange way, a Prime Minister, yeah. um, Winston Peters. And he's gone from 15% in some polls to 5% in, so, in other we in have polls to now. Say, we have to say he, he, he has. Saying, not had a great campaign, he's has he? saying the polls are wrong. Let's just put that yeah. on the record. <laughs> he's, he's saying the polls are wrong. You'll say the results wrong. I know. <laughs> but I just have to say one of my great delights this campaign was the interview that you did with him, Guy, on. That was just delightful. The balancing the checkbook interview, which I like to call it, um, which the, was the, him talking about... The papers about his, in the car. The papers in his car, talking about The his body in the boot interview, yeah, I call that, it. Yeah. That, that, was, that was one of the, the great delights. And that was one of the opportunities we had to listen to him in any great detail, had there been any detail. Well, spurred yeah. along by my caucus colleague, Tim Watkin, too, <laughs> who was constantly saying, how much do these policies cost? Yes. <laughs> but but other, than like the, other than those couple of key moments, he has, in his bus, kind of slipped off the radar. Mm. He has, and he's, and he's suffered. The, the, the funny thing is, as often with MMP um, politics, Nationals attack on Labour um, especially on tax, has actually hurt Winston as much as anybody because it's frightened everybody, all the, the regions that Winston was pitching to about a Labour government. You see the farmers getting upset and late National mm. talking about an urban-rural divide. Those regions that Winston thought were rich, for, rich pickings after three terms of National with um, soft National vote looking for, Conservative vote looking for somewhere else to go, are suddenly hightailing it back to National because National scared them enough. Um, and New Zealand first has lost out from those attacks on Labour. So, um, and Winston, you know, I don't know, a couple of elections ago, Winston would have just been, he, he would have found a way to, to come back on that, and he's kind of just, it's, it's hit him, it's happened to him, and he hasn't really fought back. Having said that, he could be uh, on the night uh, determining who governs and I mean, who, still, who, 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 who knows. And there's still a very good, I mean, you know, out of all those scenarios we talked about, there's still He's, probably the most likely scenario yeah, comes yeah. back to Winston, doesn't it, and New Zealand first? Quite possibly. Yeah. And I think one thing we can all agree on in caucuses, get out there and vote.
Heck yes, Absolutely. everybody. Absolutely. Get out there and vote. Get plenty of snacks. Get your carrot sticks. <laughs> your carrot sticks oh, and, and popcorn. Oh, and watch us on the- <laughs> Oh, yeah. Or Lisa. Or Lisa, if you want to. There's two, you can switch. The good thing about this yeah. campaign yeah. is that that little return button, that little back and forth button on your remote, you can go back and forth from three. Yeah, watch us both at the same time. To, uh, to what is it? Face TV 83. Oh, well, and you've got to have ad breaks 50. at some time on my channel anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't have the ad breaks. That's where we get it. Hey, look, um, guys, thank you for all your wisdom. Um, we're not quite finished despite um, protests from within <laughs> caucus there could be a caucus revolt but if I can convince them we will be back for another post, uh, one more post-election caucus um, to try and make sense of um, what you do actually all decide and try and gloss over all the predictions that we made <laughs> <laughs> um, but look that is caucus for this week and our last caucus for the election do go vote um, thanks everyone for listening and for chipping in your views um, which we do appreciate. I haven't actually talked to you guys a bit, but I get emails every week. Um, and um, yeah, they, they mostly. And the Twitter is a great one. And the Twitter thing. is a great one. <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Um, thanks to Blair in the control room again. Good on you, mate, for the clips. Theme Sting is by Copra Music. Um, if you're enjoying Caucus, do listen to Black Sheep. Um, a couple of great uh, episodes out in the past couple of weeks about looking at the shady bastards from New Zealand's history. Um, and that is all. We will be back with our last Caucus next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.